Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome to the Punk Rock MBA Podcast. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty. This is the Punk Rock MBA Podcast. Today's bonus episode is the audio version of a patron-only Q&A that I posted over there a couple weeks ago. This is a new thing that I've been doing. It's kind of like my viewer comments video on my main channel, but the difference is that on Patreon, I'm able to like go deeper, give more like thoughtful, substantial answers to the questions. Whereas, you know, on YouTube, I kind of optimize more for like entertainment and, you know, keeping uh, the, the pace up with edits and stuff like that. But over on Patreon, I just give like my very best, most substantial answers to the questions without kind of feeling the pressure of putting on a show, I guess you would say. So I'm also looking to kind of step up the Patreon in general. So if you have any ideas on anything I can do to make it better, I would love to hear it. This is where I want to put a lot more of my effort, especially since there's some changes coming on YouTube. You may have heard about kind of this showdown between Apple and Facebook uh, regarding privacy that's going to make it harder to run ads on Facebook. I think the same thing is going to affect YouTube as well. So there's a very good chance that my YouTube ad revenue is going to take a hit in the near future. And so with that in mind, I want to really kind of look to Patreon, like how can I make that better so that if my YouTube ad revenue does take a hit, I'll be able to offset that with more pa more patrons. So if you have any thoughts on anything I can do better over there, please let me know. Uh, as a reminder for anybody who is not familiar, there's a few things that patrons get. Number one, they get every podcast a week early. Number two, the Q&As like this one, I do those every month. I'll do them more often. If you guys are interested, I do enjoy doing them. Number three, there's a patron only private discord server that I'm in all the time. It's got a couple hundred people in there now. Like we're chatting all day about music and business and just 
whatever like personal stuff is going on in our life and i've come to like really enjoy that community so if you are a patron and you haven't joined the discord please do message me if you're not sure how but that discord is pretty cool there's also a way to have me review your music or video or podcast or artwork or anything else that you would like to get my eyes or ears or whatever get my feedback on it you can do that as well if you're a patron at the ten dollar and up level i actually just put out the call for submissions for february so if you want to take advantage of that there may still be time by the time you hear this but yeah so this is my most recent patron q a i enjoyed it a lot hopefully you do too and check out the patreon if you haven't Hello, everybody. Welcome to the February q and I'm testing a new angle format here for this because it's a lot faster for me to record than with my DSLR setup. Hopefully you like my messy living room here where I do most of my work. The way this works is very simple. If you are a patron at any level, I do a call for questions every month. And if you have a question for me, just drop it in the comments and I will answer it every month in a video like this. So the first one is from Andy Kelly. I love this. I've been thinking a lot about time management since your videos about it. Given your current jobs and projects, if you had an additional 10 hours a week, what would you spend it on? And Kyle Northington has a similar question. Now Finn's just gonna be thinking about how he doesn't have an extra 10 hours a week to fulfill his answer. Well, I'm gonna give you two answers for this. One is for myself personally, and one is for a hypothetical person that might be in a little bit of a different place than me. For me personally, if I had an extra 10 hours a week, I would spend it with my wife because I am in a good place, you know, with all the things that I do, like I'm making a decent living, you know, could I make more money? Sure, absolutely. But, you know, at this point in my life, it's more important for me to spend more time with her and have a good relationship with her than it is to, you know, make another couple dollars off of something. So that's what I would focus my time on. You know, I would, I don't know, like lots of times I work on the weekends a little bit, not a full day usually, but more than I would like to. So it'd be cool to be able to actually not work uh, at all, at least one day a week. So that's probably what I would do just to, you know, to, to invest that time in our relationship, which is actually the most important thing to me in the world, much more so than any kind of work related thing. But that's me. Let's assume that this hypothetical person is in a different place where, you know, this person was maybe still trying to become established a little bit or, you know, trying to grow a little bit more than I am. And if that was the case, uh, I would put more time into TikTok for sure, because that is clearly where you can get a lot of growth. I have like 5,000 followers on something or something on there now, which is cool. Don't get me wrong, but like that's not... That's not a lot on TikTok. And I got that in a couple weeks with the help of Michael Montoya, who you may know uh, from, he's in Winds of Plague and is a producer that works with a bunch of people like Scarlord and Juice World and Bones and Zillikami and a million other rappers that you've heard of. A uh, good friend of mine also for about 10 years. He's kind of been helping me out a little bit. Like if you see the clips um, from YouTube that have been going up on there, that's stuff that he's doing. And then the stuff that's talking that's original, obviously that's me. Um, and even with that kind of, I don't know if I'd say half-assed approach, but kind of a half-assed approach. Um, even with that, uh, you know, I've grown to 5,000 followers in a few weeks and gotten, I don't know, I think my biggest video in there got like 38,000 views in a couple days or something, which, 
you know, again, is that a ton compared to Charlie D'Amelio or whatever? No, she's getting millions and millions of views and everything. But for me, a brand new account uh, talking about something as niche as pop punk to get 38,000 views in two days is pretty cool. You're not going to get that with a brand new account on Instagram or Facebook or anywhere else. So if you want to grow, I think that would be a great place to invest your, uh, your energy. The one thing I will say about TikTok is that the audience is definitely, at this point, I would say lower quality. And that's not like a judgment. That's not being the old man that's like, oh, these kids on TikTok are so stupid. They're not stupid at all. They're very smart. It's just kind of like when you go to TikTok, you are inherently looking for something that is, you know, short and bite-sized and, you know, typically funny or entertaining. Like this is not where you go for a thoughtful discussion about something. So to that, you know, there, there, there is some nuance to this of like, you know, make sure that this is the right audience for you. But I think no matter what you're doing, it's hard to look at the kind of growth you can get on TikTok right now and not jump on that. So that's what I would invest it in. And speaking of which, uh, from Love Kills Official, looking for the best way to grow my followers and create the best brand and music components, not sure how to achieve this goal and be efficient. How much time should I spend on the content on social media? I need help. Well, you know, there's no one answer for that. Um, it, it depends, basically, you know, the, the answer for how much time should you spend on anything depends on the results you're getting and whether you're happy with those or not. So there are people that probably spend five minutes a day on TikTok and they're happy with the results they're getting. You know, should they spend more time on that? Maybe not. Like, if you're happy with it, then don't spend more time on it. Um, but, uh, beyond that, I would say there's not necessarily a strict relationship between how much time you spend on any piece of content and the results you get from it. There are some things that, you know, you'll spend, you can think like if you're in a band, if you make videos, whatever, there's some things that you slaved over and, you know, you spent, uh, weeks and weeks or hours and hours on this thing and you love it so much and you put it out and it's kind of like, Eh, like, you know, people don't really care that much. You don't get a great reaction from it. On the other hand, there might be something that you just kind of barfed out in 20 minutes and it ends up being your most popular thing. And you're like, really? You guys like that one? The one that I didn't even really give a shit about and hardly tried on? All right. You know, for me, for example, the Pantera video that I did, I don't know, several months ago, I didn't put a lot of effort into that because I know their history so well. And like, it just, you know... Uh, to be honest, I just really needed views. Uh, the channel had been in a bit of a slump for a couple months, and I said, I need to do something that's just kind of going to be almost guaranteed views. So I did that video, and it worked. And I don't think it's a great video. I don't think it's a bad video, but it's definitely not one that I'm, you know, super proud of. Um, but it got me out of that slump. And so, you know, to the answer of how much time should I have spent on it, I think I spent the right amount of time on it. And I would look for ways to create content that are not time consuming, where you can make something like, rather than spending 10 hours making one piece of content, spend one hour each on 10 pieces of content. I think that's the name of the game is, it's not throw shit at a wall and see what sticks, but kind of sort of is like, it's more about like, how do you create something that is good, but does not require you to invest a lot of time in it. That's what I would look for. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? 
Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. Yeah! Yeah! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, You can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. From Edwin Kruger, what's your favorite toaster setting? This is a great question. I am a medium light kind of guy. You know, if there's, if there's, let's say there's five settings on the toaster from darkest to light to lightest, I would put it on like, you know, five is darkest and one is lightest. I would put it on two probably, or maybe two and a half. Uh, I'm not into like super dark burnt toast or anything like that, which is weird because I do like a lot of other burnt things, like the burnt parts of pizza crust, or if it's any kind of like baked pasta or baked anything, I tend to like the burnt edges a lot, but with toast, not so much. Medium light, that's, that's me. And I'm glad you asked. These are, these are the important questions that you patrons deserve answers to. From Richie H, hi Finn, great to see you expanding your brand to TikTok. I've also recently started to upload highlights of my videos to TikTok and experienced great, in my opinion, organic reach. Can you tell us more about your experience so far on the platform and share any tips or strategies for more growth? Well, I've only really been active on there for like three weeks now, so I, I, 
you know, I don't think that I have some sort of master plan for TikTok success. Um, what I would say is that a lot of it is just putting out a lot of content, like try to post multiple times a day. That seems to be what works. I've heard that from a lot of people. Um, I have also seen that it tends to work better if I post something at night. You know, I don't know that their algorithm is not particularly well understood. And a lot of other people say that it's very like kind of hit or miss and you really have no idea what's going to be big and what's not. So that's what I would focus on is really just putting out a lot of shit with any kind of content. Always ask yourself what's in it for the person consuming this. How will this make their life better in some way? And generally speaking, that is either through entertainment or information. You're either going to make them laugh or, you know, whatever, entertain them in some way. TikTok, I, I would say humor is probably the biggest thing on TikTok or just being hot. Uh, I'm not hot. I'm kind of funny, but <laughs> I can't I can't be hot. Um, but TikTok humor is a big one. Uh, or information of some kind. You know, there's a lot of how-to stuff, um, anything from cooking to crocheting to, you know, I don't know, I've seen people like mowing the lawn, like that stuff is huge. Or like there's a Dr. Pimple Popper is on there and she does really well. So I, I think that's another kind of thing is like just giving people a view into maybe a world that they haven't seen before, even if it's very mundane. Like let's say you're a lathe operator at a mill. Um, there are people who are getting millions of views just off of TikToks of, you know, them running a lathe and like seeing the wood or metal fly off. Be careful. Don't, don't run the lathe with one hand and then get your hair caught in it and get scalped or anything. So be safe. But that's what I would ask yourself is just like, how is this adding value to their life? If you're viewing this through a selfish lens of like, how will this promote my shit? Then I think that content is probably not going to do well because, you know, Nobody wants to promote your shit. They want to be entertained. So you have to find a way to entertain or inform them and promote your shit. That's the trick. Um, other than that, you know, hashtags, trending songs, if you want to, there, you know, all those challenges. I don't do the challenges just because I don't think that's right for me necessarily at this point. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should be doing the challenges. That is definitely a, a good way to, you know, kind of ride the wave of something that's trending. So maybe consider that. From Vincent, uh, Finn, what are you most looking to post-pandemic, musical or otherwise? What are you least looking forward to? Uh, well, I'll answer that in reverse order. What I'm least looking forward to is traffic. <laughs> uh, I live in Seattle and traffic here sucks badly. Um, it's in like the top 10, you know, worst traffic cities in the nation. And every time I mention that, someone's like, oh, well, I live in Boston. The traffic here is so bad. It takes 10 weeks to go one mile. I'm like, okay, you win the contest. I guess if we're gatekeeping traffic, you can win. Um, but traffic here is bad. That's all I care about. It takes, you know, an hour to go in rush hour traffic here. It takes an hour to go a few miles basically, um, which is bad enough for me. Um, now I work from home, so I don't typically have to be in that traffic very often, which is cool. But you know, if I want to go somewhere at like 5 PM or something like that, it's basically just not an option. I would say I'm just going to stay home and wait until 6.30 or something until traffic dies down because it's just not worth leaving the house at 5 and dealing with that traffic or in the morning, you know, same thing. Um, but, you know, that's a minor inconvenience. I'm really 
it's fine. I'm not complaining too much about that. Aside from the fact that I just spent a couple of minutes complaining about it. What I'm looking forward to most post-pandemic is being able to do stuff with my wife, you know, go out to dinner. Um, we can go on hikes and stuff now, but some of them are closed down. It's a little weird. And, you know, just being able to go out and do stuff with her is what I'm looking forward to more than anything else. You know, get together with the family, you know, her parents. Um, my parents are dead, but her parents are older, you know, they're like in their 70s and her dad smoked for a long time. So, you know, respiratory illnesses are, uh, you know, he, he's vulnerable to those. Um, so uh, we've been kind of trying to avoid them. We've seen them a little bit, which I feel kind of weird about, but it's up to, it's their choice. You know, if they say they're comfortable with it, then, you know, I guess we'll trust them on that. But seeing the family more is definitely something that uh, I'm looking forward to being able to just get out there and do stuff. But, you know, I try to just be grateful for the fact that, um, you know, we have jobs and everything's cool. And if, if, if the biggest complaint we have is, you know, that we can't go out to dinner as often as we would like to, you know, that's fine. That's, other people are going through way worse shit, whether that means that they lost their job or they got sick or their job got way shittier because of COVID. Um, you know, so those, those people are going through real stuff or, or God forbid somebody lost a family member. So for people who are going through real shit, you know, I'm sympathetic to them and I don't feel, you know, there is no reason for us to feel sorry for ourselves. So I don't. Musical, musically, um, I don't really enjoy actually going to see bands. It's just, it's just not fun for me. I don't like standing there watching people play music <laughs> with a few rare exceptions. You know, we saw a mirror in 2019 or whatever, and that was awesome. But for the most part, I just don't really like watching bands that much. I do like seeing my friends when they come through town though. So I, that'll be cool. Um, once touring starts happening again and I can go, you know, usually what I'll do is go have, you know, a late lunch or an early dinner with, you know, my friend, uh, before they have to go back and, you know, get to the venue or whatever. Uh, I'll go have, you know, eat to eat with them and then go to the venue with them, hang out for a little bit and then, you know, leave before everybody plays. And, you know, they don't care. They don't, they don't need me. I'm just one person. They don't need me standing out there clapping for them and they got hundreds of other people to do it. So, um, the music stuff is not that big of a deal to me. Um, but I am going to try to do more like in-person interviews, uh, for that. That'll make the podcast, you know, easier in some ways. And lastly, from on one, Hey Finn, has the pop punk band beach bunny caught your ear yet? If so, what are your thoughts? No, they haven't. Um, but that's a cool name. So I'll check them out. And that does it for this edition of the patron Q and a, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much to everybody. I've been going through some difficult stuff lately, physical and health wise and stuff, which has been physically and mentally tough. And I just wanted to say, I really appreciate everybody's support. It genuinely means a lot to me that I know that there's, you know, hundreds of people on Patreon and other places, you know, that, I don't know, I guess I would say care about me or at least care about the shit that I make. And that really helps a lot. I, I makes me think, you know, of the people who are going through similar stuff or worse to what I am, but going through it on their own, or maybe they have just a, a small social circle of people who aren't great or just, I don't know, like my mom's, I'm, I'm rambling here, but you're my patron. So I'm, I'm allowed to ramble to you, I guess. Reminded me of my mom's best friend when I was a kid who was just chronically ill in lots of different ways. I'm not actually sure what was wrong with her because I was too young to understand, but she had a lot of shit wrong with her. 
and she was also, you know, had a lot of mental health issues because of childhood trauma. Like she just had a really tough life and she didn't really have any friends other than my mom and my mom and she lived in Portland. So we didn't see her that often. And she was a really wonderful person who I, I liked a lot. Um, and she was going through all this shit, not exactly alone, but close to it. And I, and I can just, it just, it's, it's sad. I wish I understood when I was younger what she was going through because I would have, you know, made it more of an effort to reach out to her or something like that. Um, I can't imagine how hard it would be to go through all that shit on your own. So thank you. I guess the point is thank you to everybody who supports. It really means a lot to me. And uh, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed this one and I will see you next month. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that, and you can just sit at home thinking about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like.